1: all lowercase. That's Shopify.com slash tech
2: podcast where we talk to smart people, but not necessarily done by smart people. That is an awesome question. This one goes down probably on one of my top five. Hey, I like nutrition. I like to eat food. This is the coolest thing ever. We're going to do this forever. I wish I paid more attention in that class. You know, I'm going to be honest. I don't understand that as a man. I I don't get it.
0: Welcome to to smartpeoplepodcast.com.
2: I just took a nap, so I'm going to use my I just woke up radio voice. Hey everyone, welcome to Smart People Podcast, conversations that satisfy your curious mind. How are you out there? You doing good? This week we're trying to help you out with something that uh, we all have to deal with. Some of us like it more than others. Me personally, not so much a fan, but it's growing on me. John, on the other hand, loves this stuff. So we're talking social media. And right off the bat from, I believe, the very first question in this interview, I kind of tell our guest, you know what? You're going to have to convince me. And she does. She does a little bit. I mean, actually, her response is great. So can't wait to bring you this interview. This week, we are speaking with Laura Roeder. Laura is a social media marketing expert who teaches small businesses how to become well-known and claim their brands online. She's the creator of LKR Social Media Marketer and Creating Fame, and is also the author of Facebook Fame, the Facebook Marketing Bible for the Small Business. Although we didn't really discuss that book. I found that out later. She's not, she's not, uh, she's not selling that too hard. She is pitching her new social media marketing tool called Edgar, Actually, a very cool tool, one that I'm probably going to have to use. We link to that at smartpeoplepodcast.com. Another interesting fact, in 2011, Laura was honored at the White House as one of the top 100 entrepreneurs under the age of 30. That's very cool, although now that I'm over 30, I will never be able to get that honor. Darn. So this week, we do touch on about half of it is social media, and the other half is being an entrepreneur, starting a company, and starting one extremely young. I think what's really interesting about Laura is she looks young, she sounds young, she started it in her 20s, and the advice she gives on, look, for anyone who wants to be an entrepreneur, age is not an issue. And that's something that is becoming more apparent every day that goes by, but for those of you who are considering it or have made a jump into entrepreneurship, don't let that be a hold-up, and Laura's going to tell you a little bit about why. So thanks so much for listening to Smart People Podcast. We would appreciate two things. One, if you could share this on Twitter, reach out to Laura, actually, I bet she'll engage with you, and tell her you heard her on Smart People Podcast. We appreciate it. Tell the world. Two, trying to ramp up those reviews. We're at around, I think, uh, 448, 448. I'd like to get to 1,000 by the end of the year. You think we could do that? Go on to iTunes, leave a review and a comment, please. And we appreciate it. Hope you enjoy this episode with Laura Roder on social media and entrepreneurship. Laura, I have to say congratulations on your success. you've created a solid company you've been quoted everywhere and you've really become an expert in the social media field at a young age. So again, congratulations and thank you for being on the show
1: Thank you Chris i'm I'm excited to be here
2: um, there is a, a butt to that and it's just that to be honest, we talked a little bit about it before the interview but Social media consulting to me is it just seems you know almost overdone, just that a <laughs> lot of people do it, and again, you have managed to stick out of the crowd. I want to talk about that because i don 't at all want to diminish what you 've done. but we interviewed a guy on the show a while ago, and he said, social media consulting is kind of like the people who are selling pickaxes in the gold brush they <laughs> they 're making money off of the hopes and dreams of the gold diggers and and that stuck with me. Um, So I, I wanted you to make me a believer, like, do you see social media really working for these companies and truly invest in the platform?
1: Okay, I, I think you're crazy for even asking us, <laughs> <laughs> is what I think. Because, so one, one example that I like to give have you ever watched uh, the TV show Shark Tank?
2: Yes, I have, absolutely. So
1: you'll so I love to watch Shark Tank. Uh, and sometimes on Shark Tank, there'll be companies on there that are already successful. You know, there'll be companies, they're often selling consumer products, they're totally self funded. It's all, like I saw one about baby moccasins this woman was mm. making. Baby moccasins out of her garage, and she'd turn it into this like $500,000 plus company. And whenever these stories come on, the sharks say, how, how did you manage this? You know, how did you bootstrap to this level selling all these products? And there's only one answer, and that's social media. Hmm. That's the answer 100% of the time. And that uh, we have this massive marketing channel where you can reach people, you can engage with people all over the world to sell them your products and you can do it for free mm-hmm. is really, really incredible. And lots of businesses are using it for for huge success.
2: No, and I mean that's absolutely true. And and you see it everywhere. The thing that gets me is like, who follows businesses? I, I don't understand it. Like who goes on Facebook and says, I'm gonna like Oreo? And I really want to know what Oreo says. And I want or Nabisco, whoever it is, to pop up in my newsfeed or baby moccasins. That's crazy to me.
1: Do you not have any products that you're like, you just like their brand? Do you like their marketing?
2: Well, um, none, to be honest, none, none none that I follow on social media. I mean, if if there are products that I really enjoy, I might go to their website, but I, to be honest, no. And maybe that's just me. And that's why I love this podcast because I know I am no indication of the masses. So I, I love learning these things.
1: Yeah, I mean, a lot of people have brands that they like to follow. For me, it's uh, there are a few fashion brands. Like I love uh, clothing from James Perse, so I like to know when they come out with new styles. I think they do kind of cool photo shoots that I'm interested in seeing. Uh, they're a brand that I'm interested in following on social. Someone who loves Oreos and they're like, get really excited about the seasonal (laughs) Oreo flavors and stuff like that. It doesn't seem so strange to me uh, that they would follow them. And I think a little more relatable is something like the baby moccasins. I'm sure she shares a lot of her own family and her own story on social media. And that's something that I really advise companies to do because Even if maybe you don't care so much about when the latest color of baby moccasins comes out, maybe you really relate to the founder and you like to see pictures of her and her kids and you like to see pictures of all the cute babies wearing the cute baby moccasins. And so you follow her account on Twitter, on Instagram.
2: You know, I think you hit on something there and I really enjoy that. What you were saying about kind of opening up, show a little bit more of yourself because I think... My my whole life I was kind of grooming myself for finance. It was when I was 15, I was like I'm going to be a Wall Street trader. I went to school for finance. I started in commercial real estate. Everybody wears by the way in commercial real estate khakis, a blue shirt and a blue blazer. <laughs> if you wear a tie, it's usually red. You know, that's just what it is. Clean shave and all that. And so it's very stale. And now I've long since left that world, but I think it leaves a little bit of an impression and sometimes it's like, "Oh, you know, you don't want to put out there as much as you should. Like sometimes Mm -hmm. I think, Oh, you can't just snap a picture and put it out there because it's not, uh, produced or what if there's something Mm -hmm. in the background, you know? Um, but so I think what you're saying is it's really relating to the human side, letting somebody right into your operation.
1: Yes. People people love that. And that's actually one of the best strategies for social media is letting people know the inside of the company, letting people know the founders of the company. Uh, for my new company, Edgar, we just launched a Facebook group, Edgar HQ, that's you know, a user group for people to suggest features and ask questions and stuff like that. And people love getting to chat to all the people that make up our company. and makes it a much more personal experience. You're not just using the software, but you feel like you really get to know the people who make the software. And it just, it just makes it nicer, right? I like using products where I know a nice story about the company.
2: No, I mean, that, that's absolutely true. And I think a lot of it comes down to I have this real issue that like, people would care. So for the podcaster for example i love doing this the listener base we have built they're so fantastic we get great emails we continually try to provide free amazing content that's all it is Mm -hmm. and so there is that connection and when it happens over email or facebook or twitter which it does I, I feel that, you know, and I feel mm-hmm. great about it. But in the same token, I'm like, well, do they really want to know about what's going on behind the scenes or do they just want to hear the podcast? And I think some of that is just me not being current and kept up to date. I mean, they, they might really want to know and I would love them to.
1: Well, it always seems weird for yourself, too, it's yes, the thing yes. you have to remember, because it seems weird to me that people want to know about me because I'm very boring (laughs) to myself, (laughs) you know, but, and I don't even share a ton of, of personal stuff on social media. Um, but I got married about two years ago and I shared one photo from my wedding just because I knew that people would want to see it. Mm -hmm. And, that was like our most liked Facebook post <laughs> of all time. Oh, yeah. You know, this wedding photo, which has nothing to do with my business, but it's fun. Like, it's it's nice to see people's wedding photos. It's, you know, it makes people feel like they get to know me a lot better. And and people did care about seeing my wedding photo, as weird as that seemed to me.
2: Yeah. No, that's a good point. I mean, I as you're saying it, I'm like, well, I, I, I just a couple weeks ago put out on Facebook something that... I hope I don't turn into one of those parents, but, um, me, my wife is pregnant and we put that on Facebook Uh, and I mean, it went, you know, it went bonkers, right? Like, but it's, it is great. I mean, it's a way I actually said, I wonder how 10 or 15 years ago people told all of their friends or, and I guess (laughs) the answer is they just didn't, you know, like I told a select few in person, but I have family Mm -hmm. all over the country. And so Facebook's a great tool for that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I I think we've gotten into that a little bit and and I love it, but really one of the things that I mentioned when I first started out is you built this business LKR social media from the ground up at a young age. I Mm -hmm. read your bio and I I got all the information I could from your bio, but I'd love to hear it from you because it's a great story. And I think entrepreneurs and people who want to be entrepreneurs can learn a lot. So could you tell us a little bit about your transition into being a CEO?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I started my business when I was 22. Uh, I had only ever worked one real job. So Junior graphic designer is the highest job title I have mm-hmm. I have ever achieved. Um, I, I did that for about a year and a half. And then what really spurred me to quit my job and work for myself is I really saw this long career ladder in front of me before I could get to doing the type of work that I was really interested in doing. So what I didn't like about being a designer is that it was it was very single-focused, which is what people who love design love about being a designer because you just get to do design all day. But I was working at an ad agency, and I was really interested in working more with the clients and more on the strategy and kind of the whole big picture of online marketing. And I thought, okay, well, once I get to creative director or art director or whatever, they're often in on those meetings where they get to participate in the strategy more. And I thought, well, that's going to be another 10 years before I get to that job title but I kind of realized, well, if I work for myself, then I, then I get to do everything. Then I'm at the top of the ladder, right? I'm going to recruit the clients and I'm going to talk to them about their strategy and why they're looking to build a website. So, so that's what I did. I quit my job. Uh, I started off doing freelance print and web design. And that turned into social media consulting when social media started to become a really hot topic for business in 2008, 2009, because I had been helping people with online marketing already. So it was a pretty natural transition. And that turned to social media training and then social media software. So I've kind of hit all aspects of of that industry.
2: When you were making this transition, everybody needs a website. And I understand that. And then it seems like a natural transition to, okay, how do I market it? Well, social Mm -hmm. media. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes, people get hung up and say, who am I to do this, right? Mm -hmm. Like there are smarter, better, cheaper, faster, all that, right? Especially when it comes to these types of things, which is Mm -hmm. design, web creation, social media. How did you get over that, especially, and I don't mean to... You know, I, I don't mean to generalize, but at a young age, I mean, that's just, you know, you you might not have had the confidence at that point because you've never been a CEO at that point.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I wouldn't, it's not, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call myself a CEO. I would call myself a freelancer at that point, you know? Ah, uh, Yeah. Now, now I, I, I mean, it sounds, it still sounds funny to call myself a CEO, but I mean, sure. I own a company that has 10 employees. I guess, I guess I'm a CEO. Yeah.
2: <laughs> you are. <laughs> That's weird. Own it. No.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but as far as the confidence piece, I mean, it is a huge thing that people struggle with, but I just, I just felt like, you know, I wouldn't work with anyone unless I knew that I could provide value to them and, Being so young, I was actually sort of lucky because in my industry – people sort of stereotype you if you're too old, you know, people have an idea that young people, I mean, it's funny, a lot of people think that all young people are social media experts, you know, just (laughs) using Instagram doesn't mean you know anything about social media for business, but a lot lot of people think it does. So I just kind of used that to my favor, you know, people had this idea that because I was young, I must be even more tech savvy and computer savvy than someone who's older. I would feel worse for someone who is passionate about this and decided to start it at 55 Mm -hmm. they're actually going to have more barriers where people are going to stereotype so you know I quickly realized that you can either be worried about it all the time or or not and actually I had this amazing experience I was at this conference and they had these little coaching you know sort of laser coaching sessions where you could go in this little booth and get business advice and I was paired with this woman who was a very old school business coach, very traditional, and she immediately started cutting down my appearance and my voice. Wow. She said, "You look too young and you talk too young and no one's going to take you seriously and you need to present yourself differently." And it was it was it was someone a real person like vocalizing all of my worst fears. Yes.
2: Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. You know, yeah,
1: like all the things that I thought people were thinking, there's someone
2: sitting in <laughs> front of cruel. me. That is cruel. Oh, my God.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it was this horrible, like, I remember I went back to my hotel room and I cried yeah. and it was this horrible experience, but, but through the other end of it, it was actually a really great experience because I'm like, okay, all the things that I'm afraid people are thinking, someone said them to me out loud and, and nothing happened. Mm-hmm. You know, the world didn't fall apart. I can still carry on. And it really taught me. Most people aren't thinking these things, but even if someone is, right? Even if someone meets me and they're like, who does she think she is? She's way too young to be doing this. It doesn't, who cares? Mm -hmm. It doesn't affect me at all. It doesn't affect my business. So I'm thankful I had that experience.
2: Now we would like to take a break for our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by lynda.com, the online learning platform with over 3,000 on-demand video courses to help you strengthen your business, technology, and creative skills. Linda's hooking you up. Here's a free 10-day trial. Visit lynda.com smartpeople smart people. Help me help you. Really, that's lindacom slash Linda.com lynda.com is for problem solvers, for the curious, for people who want to make things happen. Go to lynda.com and feed that curious mind. Here's some of the courses I recommend. Income Tax Fundamentals. Are you kidding me? We could all use a little bit of that. Growth hacking fundamentals, getting things done, and one of my personal favorites, learning to be assertive. As my mom always used to say, it doesn't hurt to ask. I've been taking lynda.com's courses on business, and what I love about it is the reputable teachers, the beautiful video and audio actually makes it very interesting, and of course, the content. So go for free for 10 days, soak it all up, and see how you feel after that. With the Lynda.com membership, you can watch and learn from top experts, stream thousands of video courses on demand, and learn on your schedule. Or you can just search for an answer and skip to that point in the video. Your Lynda.com membership will give you unlimited access to training on hundreds of topics, all for one flat rate. I would love for you to visit Lynda.com/smartpeople, sign up for your free 10-day trial, and give it a whirl. That's Lynda.com/smartpeople. Now back to the show. What you did and how you've talked about it is something that we hear a lot on the show and I I like it because it goes to show that you can't build a company overnight and you don't always know where it's going, but you got started. So Mm. you, you got your first client And you said, okay, I have a web design business. And you got your second. You probably at that point didn't think, oh my gosh, I need a huge company. I need to make six figures. Is that kind of the mentality? I mean, we call it on the show, I call it building a bridge. A long time ago, a guest told us that. And I was like, oh my gosh, I love it. Just continue to build your bridge to your next thing. Mm. Is that how you looked at it?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I did... I've always been pretty entrepreneurial. So I was thinking, you know, that I wanted to build it bigger. And I ended up the times where I've switched my business model, it is because I felt limited by the business model. Um, So I do, I did always have that thing where I did want to build something bigger. You know, some people just love to freelance and love to have a few clients. And I was different than that. But I certainly had no idea how it was going to get bigger. Um, And I'm in a a big believer and just, you know, one foot in front of the other, just one step at a time.
2: Can you attribute that mental stability almost and the strength and the fortitude to anything? Do you have any wise words of wisdom? And here's, here's why I say that you kind of epitomize, I think what makes a great entrepreneur in a lot of ways, you had a greater vision, but you understood the steps and were willing to put them in. So even I've done it myself, I have a vision But the steps seem either too difficult, too long, the process is too arduous, or I don't have a vision, but I can just put one foot in front of the other. I think a Mm -hmm. lot of people deal with that, mostly a vision, but unwilling to take the first step. How did you deal with that or how have you dealt with that?
1: I mean, something I always like to remind myself of is that I'm never going to know how anything is going to go. You know, I think... Most people, and obviously myself included in many areas, spend so much time trying to figure stuff out, hemming and hawing, you know, trying to decide which way to go. I mean, you'll talk to people that will be like, yeah, I'm working on starting a business. You know, I haven't figured out quite when my market is. And they've been doing this for like a year, uh, just, just spinning their wheels, basically. And, you know, I always tell people, you're not going to wake up one day psychic the longer you wait, You know, you're not going to have any new information tomorrow that you didn't have today. We don't know how anything is going to work out. I don't know if any of the people I hire, the decisions I make or whatever, I don't know how any of it's going to go. Obviously, I try to make good decisions. I make a guess, but that uncertainty is... Incredibly reassuring to me as as odd as that sounds, because it's just a reminder, just do something you don't you don't know you don't have any assurances that it's going to work out well, but you might as well keep keep moving forward,
2: yeah, and you know I think the other thing that's very important, and people email and i I skype with people and I coach people, and I think one of the things that I've learned is Really, other people don't have the answer either. No, like, I mean, I mean, it take you know, you could look in the finance world, so people who pick stocks, or you know, in in every industry, I and it became really apparent to me. So I'm gonna start writing a column on LinkedIn about my favorite things that I learn in each episode, and I'm really excited to do it. And I did all this research, and I looked at headlines and how to you know because I want to make it a series. So I emailed 20 people who I really respect. A, a list of kind of headlines and said, which structure do you like? What style do you like? No joke. I got 20 different responses. <laughs> so like, it just goes to show that, you know, you have to be authentic. And like you said, make an educated guess, pivot and keep going.
1: Absolutely. And I think something that has been fortunate for me is I've been able to meet a lot of very successful people. And you do see that they're just normal people. They make mistakes all the time. They don't have some sort of superhuman level of, of genius or expertise. I mean, obviously, they're, they're very smart and very talented people, but they're definitely not some sort of fundamentally different type of human. And you, and you realize, too, the longer that you run a business, how much of the advice out there is, one, either just totally made up and people are just talking about yeah. things they don't know and they have no experience or they're just telling you how it worked for them right which yeah. I understand I do the same I know how things have worked out for me but it, it's not there's no universal truths I mean especially in business you have to sell people something that they sort of want so they give you money for it mm-hmm. and besides that I mean you can really do anything you want
2: I like that the universal truth is Sell people something they want so you can make money. It yeah. is. I mean, it, it really is. So I the other thing I wanted to ask you is, as you were going through all this, how did you make a name for yourself in such a crowded industry?
1: Mm. Um, so so I actually have a program that I teach called Creating Fame. That's all. That's all about this, about becoming famous as in business famous, like in your industry, you're the person that people know. And actually the inspiration for that program is, uh, one of my best friends is an actress here in LA and I got her on social media very early and once, basically soon after she moved to LA in 2009, she got booked on the TV show heroes. Her name is Bria Grant. She played the speedster on heroes. In oh my
2: gosh. Three or four. Oh my gosh. I you gotta you tell you. Fan. So when I for I graduated from college in 2005 And Heroes came out, I believe it was 2006 because, Uh, or around there, right? I don't know, 06, 07. Um, Because the first house I lived in, I lived with four other guys. There were five of us in this, you know, frat house style. We're 21. And we used to all, on Heroes Night, sit down and watch that show. (laughs) And it's really bringing me back that you mentioned that. I used to love it. So anyways, (laughs) do continue.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So, so she got cast on Heroes, and I was like, you have this huge opportunity to really build a fan base. And at that time, celebrities were not using social media. Celebrities were not blogging. I mean, actually, a lot of celebrities still, you'd be surprised, a lot of the biggest celebrities do not have any kind of web presence of their own. They only have fan sites, but they don't have their own property on the web. And I knew that she was on Heroes, but she wasn't going to be on it forever. And we really needed to build a Twitter following, you know, a blog following, an email list so that she could she could parlay this fame into everything else that she was doing um, and really kind of taught her just online marketing 101 that she could use for her career. And for her, that's turned into, you know, being able to direct in her own movie that she fundraised for on Kickstarter and just lots of cool opportunities like that because she has this audience that love her. And as I was working with her on this, I just really started to think, you know, being a celebrity is not that different from being famous in your field. You know, you you do kind of the same things to let people know who you are. And celebrities want to be on the cover of variety magazine. Well, people who are famous in their field want to be on blogs and podcasts and things like that. That's how we get featured to our customers and people in our industry. So that's what I started doing for myself. And, and the big thing is pitching yourself. Like that's the big thing I teach in creating fame. I, Cause I pitched you to be on yeah, this podcast, right? right? Yeah. 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 So I'm not just like waiting, hoping, because most people don't realize you can do that. They're like, oh, that would be so cool to be on a podcast like the Smart People podcast. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, have you emailed them and asked if they might like to have you on their show? Because they need tons of guests.
0: And now a word from one of our amazing sponsors. This week, we are sponsored by Smart Things. You have a smartphone. What about a smart home? SmartThings has created a super easy way to control, automate, and secure every aspect of your home, and you don't have to be a tech genius to install and use it. That's why they were named one of the top 10 coolest gadgets of the year by Time Magazine. SmartThings instantly turns your home into a smart home. Lights, locks, thermostats, security. With SmartThings, it's all connected through a single app that works on iPhone, Android, and Windows Phone. I just read an amazing story on SmartThings' blog, where a lady had purchased SmartThings to keep an eye on her house when she was out of town. And it turned out that this SmartThings setup that cost her less than $200 helped notify her that somebody was breaking into her house. She was able to identify the intruder, call the police, and then keep the police safe by letting them know if any of the motion sensors around her house had gone off, if that burglar was still in the house. Absolutely fascinating story. You need to go over to SmartThings blog to check it out. And if you want to make a SmartThings purchase for yourself, our listeners are in luck. It's even more affordable. Get 10% off any home security or solution kits when you go to smartthings.com slash smartpeople. That's right. Get 10% off any SmartThings home security or solution kit and free shipping in the U.S. Just go to smartthings.com slash smartpeople.
2: You yeah. know what? I ha I gotta I gotta pause you right there because again, it just goes to show, I mean, you do get this stuff. Like I can tell. I mean, I have a BS detector built in <laughs> now after 160 plus episodes, and that took me a hundred guests to realize, wait a second. You know, oftentimes the people that pitch me will be on the show. Now, granted, there's plenty that, hey, sorry, it's not going to work ah. for one reason or another. And you can't take those personally because they're great people. I yeah. completely respect their everything they do. It's just for some reason or another. But I honestly didn't realize I was getting pitched and what was happening for a while and then so you sent me an email and I was like okay I'll check it out oh you know what I like what she's done this is a subject I want to learn more about even though you know I I might like it or not like it Um, but it is something you have to go out and do how do you recommend people find well walk us through how somebody would pitch themselves
1: so it's really simple. So first of all, as far as finding sources to pitch to, l- use the Google. You know, <laughs> it's really, it's really no harder than that. If you're looking for podcasts, obviously, just open up iTunes and see what the top podcasts are in whatever in whatever industry you're in, or just Google the top blogs for wherever your customers are hanging out, and you send a really really straightforward email, uh, just. Telling them a little bit about your like, all you're doing is just like, like you said, just getting getting on their radar. You know, if you didn't think that I was a good match for the show, you wouldn't say yes. And like you said, that's nothing to take personally. You know, mm-hmm. I pitch stuff all the time that says no because I'm not a match for them. Mm-hmm. So it's not like you're doing this like long, involved, desperate trying to sell yourself thing. It's just like, hey, I th- I think your show looks cool. I think your audience would be interested in this topic that I have to talk about. You know, here's my website. Go check it out. If you have links to other shows you've been on, that's really great to include so that you can see that you've done this. But maybe you haven't done this before and and that's okay too. So it's not, you don't have to make this like a long involved sales process. Or if you're pitching a guest post on someone else's blog, you just tell them, Here's what I'd like to write about. I think your audience would be really interested. Do you agree? Would you like this to run on on your blog? And People need content so bad. You know, Mm -hmm. people that are filling blogs and filling podcasts, anyone who's ever tried to write a blog knows how hard it is. Having other people do the work for you for free (laughs) is awesome. People are very happy to hear from you.
2: Yeah, I remember I felt like our podcast turned a corner when I no longer had to do a lot of outreach to guests Mm -hmm. because we work with so many publicists, PR firms, just people that represent authors and CEOs that we get pitches and it's great. I was like, oh, this is good, you know? And so I definitely recommend for people, give it a shot. If it works, that's great. And if not, it's, what did it take? You know, a copy paste email. <laughs> I mean, it's not that tough.
1: Exactly. And I'm so glad that you said that you that you love hearing them because they make your life easy, because this is a big misconception that people have. like, oh, if I if I email Chris, I'm just bothering him and I'm just wasting his time and he doesn't want to hear from me. But they're actually just making your life easy being like, here's a guest on a silver platter.
2: Oh, absolutely. And I still I mean, I still do outreach primarily because there's obviously guests I want to get topics I want to cover but it's always nice. And if anything, I will say there have been guests that have reached out and we've carried on a conversation and it might go a different route. Some of them Mm -hmm. are CEOs and they've started companies that, Oh, you know, I don't want this to turn into an advertisement or Mm -hmm. whatever, but maybe, um, you could sponsor the show or we could do a spot and see if it works for you or, you know, there's a bunch of things that could come. So it's the collaboration that's really, I think important.
1: I'll just share one of my favorite stories real quick. Yeah. Um, I had my own panel at South by Southwest Interactive in 2009. So in 2009, I had just started my social media consulting business. South by Southwest is one of the hugest conferences in the industry. And so a lot of people are like, wow, you know, you just started out. You're so young. How did you get your own panel at South by Southwest? Mm -hmm. And they're like, I would love to do that. So I said, well, did you submit an idea? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because funny. the way it works is very straightforward. You can't speak at South by Southwest unless you submit an idea. And then the judges pick which idea they want. And of course, a hundred percent said no, I didn't. And it's really just as simple as that. Like no big surprise, you're not on podcasts, you're not speaking at South by Southwest if you haven't put yourself in the running. You just have to put yourself in the running.
2: I think it was Wayne Gretzky. You miss a hundred percent of the shots you don't take. Yeah. I love Absolutely. it.
1: Absolutely.
2: Well, let's talk about your bread and butter here, social media. So I do run, you know, a couple actually small companies. We have this podcast. I run my own coaching business and a nonprofit. So I'm your perfect audience. I want to talk about Edgar as well. But what are some basic things that perhaps I haven't heard? I should be doing what do you recommend to clients to those entrepreneurs out there? Hey, d- here are some guidelines for really connecting with your audience through social media.
1: So the most one of the most important things for using social for business well, one is to recognize that it's different from using social media for your personal life. so, I think that's where there's a lot of confusion because it is weird that there are these tools that we use for both. You know, Facebook is a huge marketing channel for my businesses. It's also... How I stay connected to my friends on my personal account and where I look up stupid videos and stuff like that. No, that's
2: you know? a great point.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's all the same website, and and I think that is just very odd to people, and that gets very confusing. But for your business or nonprofit or whatever it is, you really want to look at social media as marketing channels, and and, and that's what they are. They're marketing communication channels, and they're really cool because people have raised their hand to be there with you. A lot of people. Don't promote their business while on social because they're like, I'm afraid of being spammy and I'm afraid of bothering people. But anyone, like you said, who who follows Oreo? Well, anyone who does is really interested (laughs) in Oreos, you know? Yeah. So if someone likes you on Twitter or, I mean, follows you on Twitter or likes your Facebook page, they really, really, really want to hear about your business. That's, that's why they're there. And a lot of people make the mistake of not sharing enough. And that doesn't mean, you know, that you just put promotions on social media because it is a a channel to share content, but you need to have a nice mix of promotional stuff and sharing links to your own blog, sharing links to other people's blogs. So, I mean, that's one of the, that's one of the reasons we built Edgar. Edgar is all based on categories so that you pull in a certain category mix to your social media accounts every day, so that you know that you're not either you know just blasting people with promotions or just linking to a bunch of other people's websites and never even linking to your own.
2: Yeah, let's talk about Ed- Edgar real quick because, like I said, I just checked it out, and since I have the you know founder of it, uh, I can I can get some early uh, advice on it and see if it's mm-hmm. something I want to do. So it's a social media planning tool, right? Where you can plan posts and and basically how you're going to interact, right? first and foremost?
1: Uh, yeah, but just to be clear, like we also send out all the content. So it, you...
2: Oh, right, right. It sends yeah. it out. And the cool thing that you just mentioned is, so I can go ahead and set up, say for the podcast, 30 uh, tweets that are going to be quotes, 30 tweets that are going to be, I don't know, a sales pitch. I don't know what we're selling, but, and then <laughs> uh, 30 pictures, right? And I can call them different genres, but then I can leave it up to Edgar to... I mean, I can schedule it, but to send them out in a variation and then also they can repeat after a while. Is that exactly. correct? Okay. That's
1: exactly it. And so, yeah, what Edgar does that's really unique is repeats your content, which a lot of people don't do on social media. A lot of people think you're not allowed to do it. uh which is a huge mistake because one of the reasons that so many businesses find social media so frustrating is because they don't get a return on their time and they don't get a return on their time because they're doing it in a way that makes it so time consuming. If you're coming up with, you know, three to 10 new pieces of content for social media every day for the rest of time, yeah which is what most people do. No wonder it's taking you a little while.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, that's one of the things that I found so frustrating until the other day. I don't even know why I was reading this because I don't read a lot about social media, but they pointed that out. They said, look, a tweet, the the average lifespan of a tweet's like, I don't know, 20 seconds or something. Mm-hmm. You would probably know. So there's a vast majority of people who are going to miss it. You can send it out a month later. If it's good, nobody's going to know. And I was like, right. Wow. You're right. Because see, one of my things is there's too much content in the world. So oftentimes people, bloggers specifically, they have to write just because they have to write, but it gets old and stale. And so I think what, what you're saying, what Edgar kind of solves is that, look, if you have good stuff, it's okay to put it out there more than once because, and this is true, most people won't see it. And if they've seen it twice, they either won't care or they will have forgotten.
1: They really, really don't care. And this is another big fear that people have is like, what happens if they see it again? <laughs> and it's it's so weird. We, are, we get so concerned with our own projects. But if you see someone else and you see a message that you've seen before, which is really common, actually, because if there's someone who we follow on a few social channels and maybe we subscribe to their blog and we're on their newsletter, we often see the same. Or just your friend, right? Your friend posts a picture and he posts it on Facebook and he posts it on Instagram. You're not like deeply offended Mm -hmm. when it comes up on your Instagram and you've already seen it on Facebook or think of how many of the same articles you see over and over again on Facebook. You just scroll past it or maybe you didn't click on it the first time and you click on it the second time or yeah, maybe you don't remember that you saw it before. But unless someone is aggressively spamming you, you know, sending out the same message every 10 minutes over and over again, that's the only scenario where you're starting to bother people. Posting the same thing, yeah. Once a month or something, it it's fine.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was eye opening for me. And I'm I'm glad that we got to cover that. Well, Laura, it's been great talking to you. I really appreciate it. And again, I envy what you've done. And I, I, I wanted to give you a chance to kind of tell our listeners more about where they can find you. I know we talked about Edgar, which really, if you need help in the world of social media and, and scheduling it and getting posts up and saving time, I, from what I've seen, I love it and I think I'm going to use it. So where else can people go to learn more about you and what you do?
1: Yeah. So Edgar is at meetedgar.com, meet M-E-E-T-E-D-G-A-R.com. Uh, my other website is LKRsocialmedia.com or you can find me on Twitter at LKR.
2: All right. Well, Laura, again, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. All right. Have a great night.
0: Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that episode with Laura Roder. To find out more about Laura, you can go to her site lkrsocialmedia.com. Or if you want to see how her company can help you out with your social media strategies, head over to meetedgar.com. That's m e e t e d g a r.com. Thank you again for tuning into yet another episode of Smart People Podcast. It's funny, Chris and I have been getting emails asking us what the best way to reach out to the show and make a guest suggestion is. And I would say just do it in that email. If you're thinking, man, an email takes way too long, just shoot us a message on Twitter at smartpeoplepod. We'll see your replies on there. We'll get back to you if it's somebody that we can, in fact, get in touch with. And we'll let you know when we can have them on the show. If you've enjoyed this episode or any previous episode of Smart People Podcast, please head over to iTunes and Stitcher and leave a rating and review over there. That really does help out the show, and we really appreciate it when you guys take the time out of your day to do so. If you want to support Smart People Podcast, please use our Amazon banner over at smartpeoplepodcast.com or use our Amazon affiliate link, which is smartpeoplepodcast.com slash amazon. It'll take you over to Amazon. You can do your shopping as normal, and there is no extra cost to you. We just get a nice little kickback from Amazon, and it really does help pay the bills here at Smart People Podcast. Hope you're having an amazing day, and I look forward to speaking with you guys next week.